the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God not only gave Sarah the strength to conceive and bear a child, he also gave her the strength to nurse a child as well. And what that teaches us is if God calls us to a particular task, he's going to give us the strength and the time that we need in order to accomplish it. Just one of several lessons that we will learn today out of Genesis chapter 21. Hi there, and welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. We're back in Genesis 21 today. We will notice over the next few programs three events that take place in this chapter in the life of Abraham, and we'll explore the ramifications of those events for you and I today. Here's Pastor Leighton at today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Why would we study the the life of Abraham? Well, the reason is is because he's such an important character, not only in the Bible, but also in world history as well. He really is the father of many nations. And what God did is call this man and his wife to leave their home and go to a new land so that mankind could have an opportunity for a new beginning. You see, God revealed a plan to redeem creation beginning with Abraham, who would become the model recipient of saving grace through faith, and he would then be also the founding father of a very special nation through whom God would send his Savior to call people from every nation to be reconciled to God. Now, the Bible tells us plainly that Abraham was not the first person to walk by faith because Abel, Enoch, and Noah all lived before, uh, before Abraham and are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. But their biblical biographies are very, very short compared with Abraham. And so there's a lot we can learn from Abraham's biography. And the life of Abraham is uh, an example for all Christians who want to learn how to walk by faith. Because he was saved by faith, he lived by faith, and his obedience was evidence of his faith. He obeyed even though he didn't know when or where or why or how. And so also should we. At that time, uh, knowledge of God was very sparse, and civilizations manufactured many gods, and then they also manufactured uh, superstitions when they couldn't explain things. But Abraham claimed that there was only one true living God, and all of the other gods were false, and he staked his life on this belief. And today he is revered by a majority of the world as the father of faith, and his story is preserved for us in Genesis and tells us what we need to know about faith. As we study the life of Abraham and Sarah, we learn what faith is, how to walk by faith, and we also discover that when we trust in the Lord, no failure is permanent. Now, today we're going to begin the study of chapter 21. After Abram's lapse of faith in chapter 20, he got right with God. He repented and made a new beginning. Uh, One of the biblical scholars has said, men are not to be judged by the presence or absence of faults, but by the direction of their lives. 
In other words, it's not perfection, it's direction that matters. Because none of us, regardless of how hard we try, are ever going to achieve perfection as long as we're breathing. As a man of faith, Abraham was subject to a refining process whereby which God worked through the ups and downs of life to make him more and more godly and therefore more and more usable to God. And it was a process of God's grace from beginning to end. And we as believers who are saved by grace through faith are subject to the same kinds of process in refinement. So this chapter, chapter 21, is for us also. You see, God can work on our failures to further form in us the character of Christ. He doesn't give up on us just because we stumble. And if God doesn't give up on us, then we shouldn't give up on God either. God's willing to bless us if we're in a place of blessing. And that's why it's so important that we live lives that God can bless, that we do what's right in the sight of God. Now, this chapter contains three events in the life of Abraham. And so we're going to take a look at those three today and learn from them what we may. We're in chapter 21, verse 1. Now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. And Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. And so what it's telling us is that God has been faithful to his word. And it's stressed three times in just two verses so we don't miss it. Uh, The King James Version emphasizes it uh, wonderfully. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah As he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And so it repeats time and again, as he had said, as he had spoken, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. So one of the things that they learned here is that God is faithful to his promise. Now, previous to this, they had believed God partially but they'd also doubted him. In fact, so much so that on occasion they took matters into their own hands thinking God needed some help. Um, It was only one year earlier that Sarah had utterly discounted the promise. But now both Abraham and Sarah knew that God had been faithful in every detail of his word. The birth of Isaac was a precise, empirical validation of God's promise. A 90-year-old mother... And her baby bore evidence. And one of the scholars noted that she is the only 90-year-old nursing mother in recorded history. So here in Genesis, we get a sampling of what God's people have experienced in all ages, that God is true to his word. He keeps his promises. He does what he says he's going to do. Jesus would declare, truly I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now this solemn declaration means you and I can and must trust not only every word, but every syllable in God's word. And this is the way that every Christian is meant to live in deepest trust with God's word, just like Jesus lived. Numbers 23.19 says, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man, that he should change his mind. He is, has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? You see, when people make promises, we do so based on assumptions, and sometimes our assumptions are wrong. When I was young dad, I made many promises to my children, and some of them I failed to fulfill. I did it 
with the best of intentions. But sometimes I didn't have the money or I didn't have the time that I assumed that I would have. But God doesn't have the limitations of men. God is not man that he should lie. The phrase, at the very time God had promised in the original language, is actually just one word. And that one word means appointed time. And it's used to describe a time or place that's been designated for a specific purpose. 25 years earlier, God's chosen couple left their hometown, Ur of the Chaldees, with all of their stuff on carts and their servants and their livestock. And they held nothing back when they took God at his word. 25 years later, after famines and scrapes with enemies, family strife, more than one failure, and a lot of learning along the way, Abraham and Sarah finally received the fulfillment of God's promise. Verse 3, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now, the name Isaac means laughter, and it recalls the response of the parents when they heard that they were going to have a son. You remember, uh, in the earlier account, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Surely shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And then God countered by informing him that the name of his son was going to be Isaac, which meant laughter. So, God would get the last laugh, so to speak. And then Sarah heard, when she heard that she was going to give birth within a year, she also laughed. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Question, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year. Sarah will have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. So Isaac's name in chapters 17 and 18 is associated with laughter, but the laughter of disbelief and unbelief. Here in this chapter, in verse 6, the laughter is related to joy over the birth of a child to an old couple in their declining years. And now the mother, Sarah, gave a joyous utterance that came in the form of a song. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? And yet I have borne him a son in his old age. So God not only gave Sarah the strength to conceive and bear a child, he also gave her the strength to nurse a child as well. And what that teaches us is if God calls us to a particular task, he's going to give us the strength and the time that we need in order to accomplish it. The true heir of the Abrahamic covenant has been born. Isaac is the first person in recorded history to have been circumcised at birth, or more precisely, eight days thereafter. God has kept his word. Grace is poured out on Abraham and his people, they obeyed and their hearts sang. Now that's the first event. Now we're going to look at the second event, which occurs about three years later. Verse 8. <clears throat> the child grew and was weaned, and on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking. 
And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son, Isaac. Now, notice that Isaac's name appears three times in chapter 21. Ishmael's name doesn't even appear once. Uh, By this verse, we know that three years have passed because that's the traditional time of weaning a child in ancient Israel. So uh, Isaac is now a toddler. And Ishmael is somewhere around 16 or 17 years of age. So he's, he's, he's almost considered a young man. He's almost considered of age to be married and start his own family. And for most of those years, he thought he was going to be heir. But now another son has come into the scene. And the birth of a new baby always threatens older children especially if they've had exclusive attention from mom and dad in the past. And so for the first time, Ishmael now has to share mom and dad's attention with a rival. Well, that does set up our challenge over the next couple of programs as we continue our study of the life of Abraham here in Genesis, specifically today, chapter 21. More to follow on tomorrow's broadcast. We trust you'll join us then as we continue this amazing journey through Genesis. Questions about the broadcast today or Church of the Highlands in San Bruno can be answered at highlands.us, highlands.us. Until tomorrow, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.